Do you have a girlfriend? I don't have a girlfriend. I um, have a lot of friends that are women. I fell in love a couple years later after that. I fell in love with uh, another woman. and, and um, Linda Ronstadt? Yeah. <laughs> has very high standards I and mean, he wants Queen Noor or, or Grace Kelly or someone. She can't be too tall and she has to be wonderful with her kids and I'm always saying, George, look at her, she's nice, you know, let me introduce you. Although he sort of says he doesn't think it's in the cards, I don't really believe that. But you think he'll fall in love? I think he will, I'm, I'm sure he will, I'm sure she exists. I don't have the intimacy and the sharing that you can have in a, in a marriage. Uh, but I have pretty much everything else. Star Wars fans and move milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode number 110 of Blast Points. This is Jason. And it's Gabe. And it's almost Valentine's Day. Love is in the air. Time to eat chocolates and heart-shaped cakes. <laughs> Send your Valentines to George Lucas, where later we're going to be talking all about the many loves of George Lucas, his Insanely exciting love life he's had. The real ladies' man. Before ladies' man Anakin, there was ladies' man Lucas. It's all based on on me. It's all based on real stuff. But first, it definitely was not a quiet week in Star Wars news. There was quite a bit going on. I think we got announcements of another 75 Star Wars movies coming out in the near future. We didn't even have time to absorb the solo trailer and uh they weren't kidding about the week of solo plus other star wars news yeah i guess when there's two movies five months apart there's really no time to take a breather there was big news that came out yeah just the day after the solo preview what was going on kathleen kennedy announced the game of thrones guys are going to be developing a new star wars series did they say a film, series of films. They didn't say a trilogy, but it's implied it was more than one. And they're not tied to the Skywalker story, and they're not tied to what Ryan Johnson's doing. So we have potentially, what, three different Star Wars film series going on in the near future. Or far future, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, if the standalones are still happening... Maybe they're going to take a break. I don't know. It is kind of weird that... They haven't announced any other standalones, but maybe those are, if there is another one, it's farther along. Because the Game of Thrones guys, they're not going to be done with Game of Thrones until uh, 2019. So I can't imagine. I would think Ryan Johnson's movies would would show up before one of theirs did. If we're still going to have a Star Wars movie every year, and if it's going to alternate between whatever Ryan Johnson's doing and whatever is happening with these guys... Well, I mean, if if Solo comes out and does really well, it could be a good example of them where they're like, well, we can have two Star Wars movies five, six months apart. And, you know, we can put out a Kenobi movie six months after Episode Nine or something. 
That's true, because, I mean, Marvel's moved from one movie a year to two movie a year to three movies a year. And then with the Spider-Man movie last year, I think there were, f- were there four last year? I can't even remember. I don't know. <laughs> I can't even keep it straight. Yeah, so it doesn't seem that crazy, I guess, if Disney thinks they can do two Star Wars movies a year. There was a little bit of backlash and a little bit of controversy with them coming on. Did you catch any of that? I think there's always going to be a little controversy, but I don't know. I guess we'll have to see what they come up with and what other announcements come out. Because it seems like Lucasfilm's got a lot going on they haven't told us about yet. So maybe some of the concerns people have will be addressed with other people that uh, are working on stuff. Some of the stuff with whatever, with these guys, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, I think one of the big things is going to be that Whatever they do, I don't think it'll be anything like Game of Thrones. I think a lot of people thought, oh, they're doing it. So then it's got to be, oh, it's got to be Knights of the Old Republic or it's got to be the old tales of the Jedi. It's got to be like medieval Star Wars because that's what these guys do. I don't, I just don't see that happening. I think whatever they do, it's going to be completely different than Game of Thrones. Yeah, they're not going to do. Super violent. <laughs> Nudity. <laughs> Nudity Star Wars, no. It was interesting, though, that they did say in the announcement that they were going to be in a specific... Oh, what did they... How did they say it? Like, specific timeline? Or they said something kind of odd. Period of time in Star Wars history. Which is almost kind of what they said with Ryan Johnson's announcement, that it's going to cover a period of time in Star Wars history that's never been told before. I think, yeah, that's what I'm most excited to see is like what what does that mean (laughs) even before they give any specifics like just what yeah what is that going to mean and how many i mean ryan they said is doing three they didn't say for these guys if they're doing one two three four or five movies so 25 42 i still keep thinking i'm waiting for jj and kathleen kennedy to say that they're not going to stop after episode nine with uh with all the ray finn kylo stuff because the more I think about it, I just can't imagine them finishing up that story in one movie. So I'm hoping maybe they move beyond the whole trilogy thing for all the stuff. I'm hoping that, too. What they're calling like the Skywalker saga just keeps going. And the thing with the the Game of Thrones guys, whatever they're developing, too, I think it's important to remember that they're not going to be directing. And so much of what these movies are going to be is what will be whoever they hire to direct these there was the the valid complaint that it's been behind the director's chairs uh, for Star Wars movies so far has been, you know, kind of like a a boys club. And I wouldn't be surprised to see that change with whatever they're doing as they, they will not be, they're, they're not going to be directing these things. I don't know. There's going to be so many new Star Wars movies in the future and and just in 10 years from now star wars will be a very different thing than it is now we'll look back on these days like remember when we just had force awakens and rogue one yeah well it's already still blows my mind every day when i think about the fact that by the time solo's out we have we're only two movies away from catching up to the original six right there'll be four new movies already so that's crazy yeah we went you know 40 years with six movies and or 30 years with six movies, and now we're four movies in after four years. So, And there's what was going on with TV shows. Yeah, so then just off the cuff, Bob Iger's talking about how there's several TV shows in development, which makes sense because we at least knew there was some, there's going to be some animated replacement for Rebels, and there's whatever live-action stuff they're working on. But yeah, he said, we are developing not just one, but a few Star Wars series specifically for the Disney Direct-to-Consumer app. Well, and then he was saying, because the deal isn't completely closed, we can't be specific about that. I think you'll find the level of talent on the television front will be rather significant as well. So things are moving along with whatever they got going for Star Wars TV. Well, and it's interesting with the Game of Thrones guys, too. Like, I feel like it makes sense why they're going for those guys, because they're more they're coming from television and the Star Wars movies, like the Marvel movies, are becoming more like a television style production with, with a very strong producer and 
kind of trying to have continuity between them. So if they're going to be treating the films kind of like they would have treated a TV series, it kind of makes sense. I just can't even imagine. I don't even know. It's mind boggling. <laughs> like if they announce tomorrow, this dog that lives in this house, he's got a great idea for a Star Wars show. So we're going to do a series of films from this idea from this dog. Grumpy Cat. They're like, they got Grumpy Cat to produce a new uh, web series or something from the mind of Grumpy Cat. <laughs> Everybody's going to be working on Star Wars. We're doing a series of eight Star Wars musicals. It's it's we're getting we got to be getting close, right? Star Wars musical time. We got to be. It works. It's a proven method that works. We saw it in the holiday special. You can have songs in Star Wars. Just one more round, friend. Then homeward bound, friend. Don't forget me in your dreams. But yeah, it's like we're just getting over Han Solo in a fur coat, and now we have all this other stuff to <laughs> keep us up at night. So I don't know how we didn't mention in our solo review that Han in the fur coat could be a shout out to Human Java. Solo, solo, solo. Right here, Java. Hi, my boy. There are times you disappoint me. Why haven't you paid me? Why did you have to fry poor greedy like that? It does seem like, well, especially you saw uh, all the Entertainment Weekly pictures this week, right? Mm-hmm. So there's the hot one of Han in the fur coat with the goggles. Yeah, looking very human Jabba um, with Chewie with the sweet goggles on, on the back of the train. Didn't all of human Jabba's, like, flunkies, I feel like they all had those goggles on, too. There's one guy with a sweet handlebar mustache, and I swear he's got the biggest goggles on of all time. Yeah, yeah. there's definitely, well, there's a guy with the big sideburns and goggles, and then there's the guy that looks like Grizzly Adams. Why'd you have to fry poor Greedo? Come out of there, Solo! Well, let's get into some of this Solo stuff. We had, we had a week of Solo. We were still recovering from the trailer, but they were hitting us hard with the Solo. Han 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 Solo. Yeah, it was definitely Han Solo week. I'm weak from Han Solo week from reading all this crazy stuff. Entertainment Weekly had Han and Chewie on the cover. Every day we got more info on more articles coming out. And it kind of started with talking to Alden Ehrenreich about him and Harrison Ford. What was going on with that? Basically, Harrison Ford, grumpy old Harrison Ford, actually like called him up and gave him some advice. And I think he gave Ron Howard. He told, talked to Ron Howard, too. So like as much as Harrison Ford claims to not care, he really cares deep down. Well, I like that he, whatever his advice was, he told Alden not to tell anybody what he told him. It's a, it's a secret. Don't tell anybody that I'm calling you. Don't wear deodorant. Go in real stinky. You got to out B.O. the Wookiee. Every day on the set, I had Arby's curly fries. That's all Han eats, Arby's curly fries. FYI. Tell no one. Just suck, suck on packets of the Arby sauce. The horsey sauce. It'll make you strong. <laughs> And then we found out some more about Kira. She has a core of steel, I think is what it's. <laughs> Not literally, but I guess she could. Maybe they're just messing with us. Hopefully she plays Blades of Steel on screen. Blades of Steel. Not now, Han. I'm playing Blades of Steel. It's my favorite game. Yeah, instead of the uh, the Star Wars chess game, hologram blades of steel pops up on the. <laughs> Be sitting in a the theater. That's different. <laughs> but I'm all right. I'll run with it. They got hockey. <laughs> so they grew. She grew up with Han. That's interesting. She's known him since they were like really little. She's Kira is still mysterious though. We found out some more about Lando. He likes to hang out with worm people. That picture, that picture of that two-headed worm guy playing sabacc with Lando. It's dreams. Dreams made real. 
It's even better after reading the article too, where he talks about how they like shot. It seems like they shot that scene for an hour with just him cracking jokes with the worms. So maybe there's like 40 minutes of that on the Blu-ray when it finally comes out. Oh, I just hope that that two headed card playing alien is actually in the movie has dialogue, even if it's like speaks English or if it's just like, you know, oh, maybe they invite it back to the Falcon. <laughs> You're part of the crew now. I kind of hope Solo's like Casino Royale and like 50 minutes of the movie is just the card game and they just keep coming back to the card game. <laughs> the Sheaf shows up crying blood. Galen Erso, you're still, or no, he they could have Galen Erso show up. He's still alive. They could. He's still alive. He can show up and cry a little, oh my, oh, Stardust, and then cry a little blood. I miss my girl. Stardust. <laughs> Where are you, Stardust? Ron Howard can make it happen. So all these articles are coming out, and I'm just like, when are we going to be talking about L337? Lando, that's great. Han, all right, cool, fascinating. But tell me more about L337. Finally, we found out a tiny bit more about L337, right? Basically, she's a droid that self-repaired herself to be what she is, right? Like she was a astromech or something and somehow gave herself arms and legs and the, the article was saying that her comic relief doesn't come from being a stick in the mud like kc like c3po or k2 she's quite and she's not quite the walking disaster of phoebe waller bridge's character in the show fleabag l3 is more put together her ron howard saying her ai is way up there in terms of iq she's capable of some pretty interesting conversations and phoebe is hilarious and brilliant and really helped bring that character to life in ways that are funny and surprising so it sounds like she's going to be kind of a, a different kind of droid that we've seen before smart like 3po but not stuck up and Maybe not as mean as K2SO or mean in a different way. But somehow I didn't notice on Tuesday that she had like astromech droid arms. Yeah, she has astromech droid arms. Or they mean they even say in the article her head's a little bit like a BB unit. I think her like pelvis is kind of like a one of the resistance BB droids. Yeah, so it's a pretty cool take because basically it's our first potential droid who's not like mass produced. Like there's R2 droids all over the place and protocol droids all over the place and we saw multiple k2so's but she's a one of a kind so it dawned on me that in every prequel movie we had a different female droid we had tc14 and the phantom menace we had the fantastic flow the waitress and attack of the clones and then in revenge of the sith we had the uh the birthing droid they should really have those at hospitals yeah they should even if it's just a puppet, I'm sure pregnant women would love it. Or if they just interview the, the, the moms and dads when you come in. Are you guys Star Wars fans? <laughs> we got something for you. <laughs> bring in the Uba. Uba. Like, all right, now we're ready to have a baby. Yeah. Bring on that baby. Don't worry, you won't lose the will to live. <laughs> yeah. we, we got medicine for that. Uh, so then we learned about uh, three uh, people in the crime world in Solo. Uh, Val, Thady Newton's character, Beckett, Woody Harrelson, and Voss, played by Paul Bentley. Mm-hmm. Who replaced that other guy. Yeah, Michael Williams, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who couldn't make the reshoots. Dryden Voss. Is he Quinlan Voss's brother? Let's hope so. Did they say that they did they end up being the same character or did they make a new character to fill in that role? Yeah, I don't know, because they were saying that he's a successful crime boss, the Godfather. We've seen uh, Jabba the Hutt and Voss will give us the handsome version of a figure who's had great success in breaking the rules, but isn't the kind to get his hands dirty. It's a combination of class and swagger and real danger. Because wasn't. Michael Williams supposed to be like a a wolf man or something, <laughs> and a, good, a dog man or something. Yeah, I don't think Paul Bettany's a dog man, so maybe that's a that's a downgrade. But we'll we will see. But it looks like he's hanging out in the uh, in the room with the uh, the frogman singing. 
and all the things in jars, right? Because wasn't there the other shot of an Ewok in a jar? Yeah, and like a blue skull and all kinds of crazy things, yeah. Maybe there'll be a crystal skull in there. I want to know. (laughs) Henry Jones, Junior. The biggest thing, they waited until the very last day with the solo stuff, where it's a great article about Ron Howard, about how when they were filming American Graffiti, he was talking to Lucas about what Lucas had going on next. And he's like, oh, it's some kind of space thing with a, like Flash Gordon, but it's not Flash Gordon, but I don't know how I'm going to do it. it sounds going to be miserable. And the Ron Howard was kind of like, boy, that sounds amazing. So then first day of filming on the set, who's there? The big George Lucas with Melody Hobson. And Lucas was only supposed to be there for a little bit. And he ended up staying for five hours. And uh, Kathy Kennedy was saying, there's one little moment in a scene. I can't tell you what. It's a scene in Millennium Falcon where George said, why doesn't Han just do this? Kathy, Kathy Kennedy says, it's actually a funny little bit. They'll probably get a laugh. And Ron, Ron happened, happened to be by the monitor, not inside the Falcon. And he goes, that's a great idea. And ran in and said, George wants us to do this. For one tiny moment, one little bit in Solo comes from the Lucas. Some Lucas love in Solo. He can't stay away, which is good. Keep keep him coming. Oh, yeah, I don't know. That just really, that just made my whole day reading that, though. Did it bring warm feelings to your heart? <laughs> it did. That was just like, oh, man. <laughs> Maybe on farts. It's my favorite part in Phantom Menace. <laughs> For the kids, the kids love the fart joke. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Al Nairnreich was just like, <laughs> I thought that's why those other guys got fired. Yeah, it's like, well, we had we had a burp in Return of the Jedi. We had a fart in Phantom Menace. Do you think Han can burp and fart at the same time? <laughs> it ties it all together. Uh, I thought they smelled bad. On the outside. I think that's great that he was on the set. And he, what was he gave Ron Howard like advice? Yeah, what? Uh, just enjoy it. Yeah, trust your instincts. Feel, don't think. Concentrate on the moment. I think I would have just passed out. <laughs> that had to have been like a big thing. It's like, okay, we're back. We're filming this movie. The other guys got fired. Ron Howard's a new director. Oh, and here's George Lucas, too. Yeah, he's, he's just going to watch. Don't worry. Yeah, so I guess things just got real. <laughs> now we're really making a Star Wars movie. Well, maybe, uh, you know, they have several shows in development. Maybe George Lucas is going to do one of the shows. He likes TV. He could just do one episode of one TV show. Have him get weird with it. Have it be a tone poem, experimental, whatever. Who cares? Just let him do one episode of one TV show. Yeah, to make up to Lucas for not using his outlines or whatever they should just give him the george lucas show on the disney app and the disney streaming thing and it's just whatever whatever george wants to do that week it's 30 minutes a week we're watching radio land murders (laughs) get ready people strap in here's me riding heimlich's choo-choo at disneyland it's my favorite ride action pack this is a special uh hour-long episode (laughs) it goes at george lucas speed real slow in the not so distant future on a planet called earth it's under ruse star wars boba fett is here Star Vader's always near. CPPO is lots of style. And R2D2 just makes me smile. Star Wars Underoos are here, yeah! Something out of sight in underwear. <laughs> oh, don't be so ridiculous, R2. Underoos are for Earthlings. I don't know if you loyal listeners can tell, but we have been obsessed for a long time with George Lucas's love life. And with it being Valentine's Day time of the year, what better time to talk about the loves of George Lucas? 
celebrate the love and spread the love of Lucas love. It's a special kind of love. Now, we all know that George is now happily married to the fantastic Melody Hobson. They got married um, in Chicago a few years back. And Gabe, didn't, weren't you thinking about trying to break into it or something? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to. No, they got married twice. They got married in, well, I think they got married in San Francisco. And then they had a wedding reception there with all the, all the West Coast cool people. And then they had a reception in Chicago, which, yeah, I, didn't, I couldn't find it. But Prince was the wedding band so it doesn't get much better than that you were trying to find it though you were trying to like go (laughs) i know yeah i probably would have got shot (laughs) but it would yeah that's the way i want to go shot climbing over a wall trying to watch prince at lucas's wedding do you think george lucas danced at all to prince how could you not That's the power of Prince. Even George Lucas dances to Prince. Oh, we got more about George Lucas dancing coming up. So, oh yeah, it gets better. An important figure in George Lucas's love life, of course, of course is Marsha, Marsha Lucas, and we, Marsha Lucas is so important that we have a whole episode coming up um, later this month, actually, just about Marsha Lucas. So we're not going to really go over Marsha too much in this episode. But one we have been interested in a very long time is the very brief and mysterious relationship with Linda Ronstadt. So supposedly they started dating by December 1983 after Lucas met her backstage at one of her concerts. That even blows my mind that George Lucas is like, I'm going to go to a Linda Ronstadt concert, whatever. Supposedly the two of them would go. They liked They really like Aaron Neville and they would go to Aaron Neville concerts, too. So <laughs> what? I guess, yeah. Lucas likes to go to concerts. Who knew? They dated for five years, never discussed their relationship publicly. Linda Ronstadt rented a house in San Francisco where she traveled from Los Angeles back and forth. And she was seen going around San Francisco at the time, carrying an Empire Strikes Back lunchbox as a purse. It's love. Lucas was really into her and even began taking dance and guitar lessons. Yeah, and supposedly the dance lessons were, it was tap dancing, which is not something I can even imagine. Yeah, let's just just take a moment. (laughs) Let's just take a moment and try and visually imagine George Lucas tap dancing. And I got to think he somehow got like white sneakers and they just glued the tap things on the bottom of them so he could be comfortable. Yeah, that's that's love, right? George Lucas playing guitar. Was it acoustic guitar? Was it electric guitar? Was it like flamenco? Did he sing? I bet you it was a it was a electric guitar. He's a he's a rock and roll guy. You know, that's true. Yeah. Maybe he was doing like two-handed tapping and learning Van Halen songs and stuff. (laughs) He spent six months and just learned how to play hot for teacher. I don't know. (laughs) But it's funny to to read all this stuff now because it, it kind of explains there's that period when you go back and see where Lucas was kind of cool looking for a while there. Yeah, when he, he stopped wearing glasses, he even shaved the beard. There's the cover of um, the Disney magazine when Star Tours came out of Beardless Lucas, which is terrifying, mysterious, and bizarre. He's not George Lucas, or he's just some dude, just, just George, just some guy named George. But it sounds like when they were at Skywalker Ranch, they would ride horses together, too. So that's another visual to put into your head of George Lucas riding a horse around. Possibly with no beard. Yeah, with his guitar on his back and tap shoes on. <laughs> I mean, could he even see without his glasses on? Was he wearing contact lenses? Or Yeah, he had contacts, it says. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. He's George Lucas. He could get contacts. I, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe he was just like, you know, just pretending, bumping into a wall. <laughs> it could be. Maybe he'd be... He was he had to ride the horse because the horse knew where to go because he couldn't see if he was walking. But they were I mean, they even got engaged. So George Lucas does to you, sucks you in like the tractor beam on the Death Star. 
Yeah, you know, you got to think that it was very similar to Anakin and Padme in Attack of the Clones. You know, maybe there was a fireside chat. I can't breathe. If you are suffering as much as I am, please tell me. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone gives him a hard time that, that that's so unrealistic. And he says that it's very realistic. And little did we know that, yeah, that's like verbatim what he said to Linda Ronstadt. That's how it went down, people. <laughs> they had a picnic and he was riding on the back of a horse and fell off. She was worried. They were talking politics in the grass, you know. She was like, it sounds like a dictatorship. And he's like, well, if it works, you know. So, yeah, she recorded an album at Skywalker Ranch. Her 1987 album of traditional Mexican folk songs. But, yeah, he even suggested building a honeymoon cottage on the property adjacent to Skywalker Ranch. But the cottage never happened. And the relationship fizzled out by in 1988 after five years together. And weirdly, there's like no photos of them together. Yeah, which sounds like was on. They purposely made sure never to be photographed together. There's no photos of them tap dancing or him playing her guitar with her singing. Maybe Lucas plays guitar on the album of traditional Mexican folk songs. Yeah, we'll never know. Maybe he played uh, guitar in the Attack of the Clones for the uh, for the spaceship sounds on uh, on Coruscant. Yeah, because I think Ben Burt would won't admit who who played the guitar. <laughs> I, I think we just solved an ancient mystery. We may have. He plugged back in the old electric. Everybody, stand back. I'm gonna be wailing. Another mysterious relationship after Linda Ronstadt, right? That nobody knows anything about. Yeah, one of the uh, there's a Lucas biography that came out in 2000. I can't remember the author's name, but he claims that after Linda Ronstadt, he briefly dated a realtor. So somewhere there's another mysterious woman who knows Lucas' secrets. Around that time, he adopted Katie and he adopted Jet in '93. Sometime after that. He finally met Melody Hobson. Yeah, so kind of after after Sith, I'm finally ready. <laughs> well, it's kind of true. It's like he was married to the original trilogy, which cost him his marriage. And then right after that, met uh, Linda Ronstadt. And then he was married to the prequel trilogy. And as soon as that was done, then he's ready for love. And yeah, he met Melody Hobson. You do research on them first getting together, and there was uh, great quotes on how she would take him to more formal events than he was used to. And then he'd always go back to wearing his old jeans and worn-out tennis shoes. They dined at expensive restaurants, but he never gave up on picking up Taco Bell at the drive-thru and eating at Sizzler. What? He likes chicken and shrimp. (laughs) But I just like that quote because it almost sounds like George Lucas is just wearing his worn out jeans and tennis shoes. And his general lifestyle is picking up Taco Bell and Sizzler. (laughs) Yeah, he's just he said he's just a regular guy. (laughs) What does he get at Taco Bell? He probably gets everything. He's George Lucas. He probably gets one of each. And then he just eats whatever he's in the mood for. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, and his kids, yeah, they probably eat Taco Bell every night. Has he? Tra- has George Lucas tried the nacho fries yet? He probably tried them before we did. <laughs> he probably got them early. They probably called George Lucas and they're like, hey, we got some new new items coming out. You want to come try them out? They send it to him in the mail. Before this goes out to the public, we've got to have Lucas test it. <laughs> He's the final, the final say. It's like it needs a little more queso. We're almost ready to go with the stacker box, sir. Well, has Lucas tried it? No. (laughs) Hey, I enjoy it. A little less cheese. They married in 2013. And seven weeks after the wedding, a baby girl was born. The surrogate they hired, they named her Everett Hobson Lucas. So, I don't know. I'm I'm just happy. Because I remember even during the prequels, 
when I started really learning more about the mystery, the mystery that is George Lucas, and I was always kind of sad that he was single. Yeah, he was a single dad for 20 years. I think uh, Melody was worth the wait. He has to keep his uh, ladies' manness in check or uh, be people fainting all the time, I think. Does he still ever play guitar? Does he break out the tap dance moves? Is it too painful for him? That's what I wonder. Maybe he did a tap dance solo at his wedding. (laughs) (laughs) He did like a Imperial March tap dance thing. Spielberg started break dancing. It was out of control. It was the most amazing party. Friends will do it to you. It's going to be a normal night and Friends starts playing and maybe Lucas did like traded guitar solos with Friends. Who knows? (laughs) Everybody stand back. I'm coming in. One little short movie that briefly explored the wonders that is George Lucas dating was uh, 1999's George Lucas in Love. When it was released, it became the most viewed short film in the history of the internet. It was released on VHS in the year 2000, and it reached number one on Amazon's top 10 sales chart. And for one week, it beat out Phantom Menace in VHS sales. And it, I don't know. It's it's what's kind of crazy about George Lucas and love. It's like what what troops was for like the pre-internet Star Wars fan film and like convention tapes. George Lucas and love was kind of for the very beginning of uh, Star Wars fan films, kind of like on YouTube. It was made by this guy Joe Nuss- Nussbaum, who went to USC, same as Lucas, and he made it basically as a calling card to get into the business. And uh, Steven Spielberg gave a copy of it to George Lucas, who sent him a letter, sent uh, Joe Nussbaum a letter, and it said, Steven Spielberg sent me a copy of George Lucas in Love, and I just wanted to tell you how great I thought it was. It was funny, wonderfully directed, and the acting was terrific. You obviously did a lot of research because I noticed some dialogue based on Toad from American Graffiti. I wish you the very best of success with what I hope is a promising filmmaking career. Then in 2004, the film won the Pioneer Award at the Lucasfilm Fan Film Awards. And uh, we both watched it this week. I've always been a fan of George Lucas and Love. Gabe, what, what did, what did, how did you feel about it? For whatever reason, I never watched this before. I knew about it. Um, I'd seen screen caps and things and heard people talk about it, but I actually never got around to watching it. So I finally watched it. And now, now I know how you feel about Spaceballs. Because <laughs> I, I don't know. I just didn't really like it. I couldn't get past Lucas on a typewriter. Maybe that's it was too uh, too much creative license. It's like he always writes on his yellow lined paper with a pencil. So it took me right out of it right from the beginning. I was like, that's not George Lucas. I, you know, I think I, I overlooked it just because I, I love I love his struggles with his screenplay about space wheat. Maybe if I would have watched it 15 years ago, I would have liked it more. I, I like the, the space wheat stuff. I like all the plays on George Lucas's uh, number movie titles. My script is now complete. Soon I will rule the industry and you'll still be writing line one of whatever it's called. 3XR-259.7. Exactly. Yeah, then, okay. Some of it's clever, but... I can, I can do without when Lucas walks through the campus of USC and, you know, there's... The Han and Chewie, and there's the three PO and R two. The thing I like about George Lucas and Love is that there's so many the people against George Lucas, kind of like Lucas hate. He ruined my childhood and all that crap. And George Lucas and Love is very affectionate. It makes fun of the the goofiness of the Lucas, but it's not mean spirited. Yeah, that's true. It's definitely uh, laughing with Lucas. And the actor they have playing Lucas is great. Is yeah, Martin Hines. And I, I really like when uh, the the love interest, the leader of the student rebellion, whose name is Marion, which I really loved, comes in. And did you notice when she comes in, she's almost dressed like Nebu Picnic Padme? <laughs> yeah. 
That's true. You're George Lucas, right? Uh, I'm... Yeah. I'm Marion. I loved your student films. 142086-1867. Great titles. I, I can't believe you saw those. Oh, yeah. Well, they had such passion, such vision. I loved them. And then the, the very next scene is them having a picnic in the grass and they're, they're feeding each other fruit. Okay, yes. And I, I, I also really like the scene when she's reading what he's writing and she holds the screenplay up to her chest. Just like bullseye long rats. Like she loves his dialogue. I don't know. I yeah. I've always been a fan. It's 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 a little cheesy, but I've always just kind of been like, I don't know. I don't, it's, well, someday we'll do a spaceballs episode, and and you can uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can switch places. I, know, I did like the ending though. I thought the ending was was cute. The the twist. The twist, yeah, it was a good twist at the end. Did you find it was it a little too like cutesy, kind of? I think it was just it was all like very obvious kind of jokes in a lot of places. I think maybe just all the people trying to be the stuff from the movie. I don't know. The Yoda gag could go on too far. Yeah, I think they all kind of went on too far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I just it's that typewriter. Whenever it goes back to the typewriter, it sucks me right out of it. <laughs> That's not George Lucas. Yellow pad of paper. I get an A for effort, but I don't think I laughed at all until the end. <laughs> so maybe, maybe I was just grumpy when I watched it. I was channeling Panaka. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't funny. Sitting ducks. Looks pretty bad. Panaka. I do not agree with a Jedi on this. If you've never watched it, uh, we'll post a link to it and uh, watch it for yourself. Let us know what you think of George Lucas and love. It's crazy that it's like, what, 16 years old now? Yeah, that's crazy. Well, and it kind of, I guess, thinking about it makes me a little sad, too, that we, as uh, conflicted emotions they bring up, but uh, that we don't have the Star Wars fan film awards anymore. I know. Some of them I love and some of them I try never to think of again, but I, I miss I miss them. Well, there's so many Star Wars fan films and it's the fan film awards is a nice way to spotlight them and get them all in one nice little dose. But <laughs> I almost wonder if they have so many real Star Wars films that they're just worried people will be confused because <laughs> it's hard enough to keep track of all the real stuff coming out. <laughs> to take home and play with at Pizza Hut, KFC, and Taco Bell. Right now, at participating Taco Bell locations, you can get one of these cool Star Wars Episode One collectible toys, one in every Taco Bell kids' meal you buy. Hello, uh, this is Jerome St. John Blake. Um, I played Masamida, Rune Harko, Oberansesis, and a few other guys in the Star Wars prequel trilogy. And I'm standing here with Gabe from Blast Points Podcast and uh, looking forward to my debut appearance on his show. Watch this space, and may the Force be with you. So we have got some iTunes reviews to get through. We've been slacking on reading some of these for a while, but um, we've got a bunch of great ones. Let's uh, let's get to it. Gabe, what's the first one? So the first one uh, from Liam's dad says, still great. 
Uh, when your son tells you, let's go thrift shopping and listen to the latest episode of Blast Points, and you both enjoy every minute together, you know you have something really special on your hands. Not to get all fanboy, but whether Jason and Gabe know it or not, they are now part of the magic. The weekly podcast is something that is very Star Wars-y every bit as much as the movies. In a world where there is so much negativity on a daily basis, this is such a treasure to be transported to a galaxy far, far away once a week. Thanks, guys. May the force be with you always. Thanks. Yeah, thank you, Liam's dad. Now, this next one is from Krog1121, titled, Wisa got a great podcast here. Wisa back. <laughs> All right, Krog. Uh, easily the funniest, most joyful Star Wars podcast I've ever listened to. Jason and Gabe capture the energy and excitement of the fandom without the negativity. A true delight. Thank you, Krog1121. Yeah, thank you. What, what do we have next? Uh, we have from Jake Vanks, the best Star Wars podcast from Coruscant to the Outer Rim. In a time when many of the conversations about Star Wars are so full of cynicism and a sense of entitlement, this podcast is refreshingly fun and sincere. It feels like the Star Wars conversations you had with your friends before the dark times, before film, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, it is a podcast for a more civilized age of fan discussion. As a quick note, one of my hometown friends recommended this to me in part because the hosts are from my hometown. This set of circumstances feels very Star Warsy and makes my hometown feel like Tatooine. You know, there was something in the water in Muskegon. Muskegon, Michigan will uh, mess you up in uh, the Star Wars ways. So if you're ever driving through Western Michigan and you don't like Star Wars, don't drink the water. No, don't stop Muskegon. Don't get Mr. Scribbs pizza and don't drink the water because. <laughs> You, after you eat a slice of Mr. Scribbs, you could be like, you know, I was wrong about Attack of the Clones. I need to, I need to look at Newt Gunray right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, somebody send me a picture of Newt Gunray. This is outrageous. It's outrageous. This is outrageous. All right. Our next one uh, is from Jess D1234, and it's titled Laser Disc Spit Take. My wife has been listening to this podcast ever since The Last Jedi premiere. She brought me into this endless sea of Star Wars knowledge with the Master P and George Lucas interview. And let me tell you, I had no idea this existed. Side note, neither did we. So, thank you. <laughs> Don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I started down my Star Wars journey with my grandma and the released original trilogy. I even read a few books, and I don't read. I thought I was the Star Wars nerd in the family... And she was the Lord of the Rings nerd. Insert Ray saying, no, 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 but no damage. It's now official after her binging this entire podcast this past month or so. She is officially the supreme leader of Star Wars knowledge in the house. I'm just a BB unit with a selenium drive. I don't know. She, she also makes us listen to the Han Solo soundbite every time you guys bring up Han Solo news. So thanks for that. Keep up the great work. Hashtag catch the wave. All right. It sounds like you got an awesome thing going on there. Just D one, two, three, four. Was there a Muskegon ad for Kuka that was catch the wave at one point? Or am I just like having flashbacks? <laughs> I don't know. Was it pleasure Island? Maybe. It's all that Muskegon water. <laughs> so what, what, what's our last one here? The last one is the funniest Star Wars podcast from Rayan Kylo Admirer Abdo. Uh, outrageously hilarious, but thoughtful as well. Jason and Gabe are one of the nicest guys in the Star Wars fandom. Mm. I highly recommend this podcast. So one of us is the nicest guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's up to you to figure out, listener. <laughs> or we're secretly the two-headed announcer from Phantom Menace. You know, that could be. Well, thank you, Rayan, Kylord, Myra, Abdo, and thank you everyone for sending in those awesome reviews. And if you want your review read on an upcoming show, all you got to do is head over to iTunes after you're done listening and write something sweet, and we'll read it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank, you. You. thank 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 you. Hi, JJ Abrams here. 
On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode 7, thank you. present Star Wars Toys. The princess has been captured. Our heroes are on their way. But who is this mysterious figure? Boba Fett! Will he save Princess Lear or side with Darth Vader? See comics and toy shops for details of Boba Fett's special offer now. He's waiting. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. Don't forget to go to blastpointspodcast.com where you can get t-shirts listen to the theme music there's comics there's recipes uh you can go listen to the backlog get some old episodes and check us out on twitter and instagram facebook didn't you already say facebook did i maybe we can say it again (laughs) (laughs) and don't forget to subscribe to blast points wherever you listen so you never miss a single episode and uh Keep sharing it out to friends, you know, let people know Blast Points is the one to listen to. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Well, I hope everyone has an awesome Valentine's Day. I hope you take some tap dancing lessons, learn to play the guitar. (laughs) Maybe adopt a child. (laughs) If you wear glasses, stop wearing them. If you have a beard, shave it. Ride a horse. Record an album of traditional Mexican folk songs. Get some Taco Bell drive-thru or hit up a sizzler. And if you can find a sizzler, you can mail us some sizzler. Uh, one day we'll get that Sizzler endorsement deal. One day. Someday. You'll be listening to Blast Points and we'll start out with a commercial for Sizzler. You'll be like, they made, they made it. If, if we ever do a live episode of Blast Points, it will be at a Sizzler. <laughs> Chicken and shrimp. <laughs> that about wraps up episode 110. We'll be back next week for our all listener questions episode. So thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. Pleasure, biological, and temporary, and easy to achieve. The light side is joy, everlasting, and difficult to achieve. Amen. Now let us pray. (laughs) (laughs) 